You're very welcome to Tracks here on 93.9 Dublin South FM. This is Owen O'Donnell here, and with me, through the magic of technology over the far side of the river, is Noel Simpson. From a housing estate far, far away. Yeah, exactly. So you go the way I did that. So you're kind of on on um, Tatooine, and I'm um, I'm on Coruscant. So that was no, oh, mind whatever. That's yeah. I, I'm happy to go with something from the original trilogy if you want to okay, line yourself. Okay, that's um, very nice of you to do that. Put me in my place. Deserve it. So we're gonna. Um, what we're doing this week is we are doing a commentary track for Star Wars Episode Five, The Empire Strikes Back. So um, our listeners on the radio show, you probably won't get the full um, the full two hours of the film but you might squeeze you you'll probably get the last miss the last few minutes but um our listeners on the podcast side tracks can listen to yeah. it in all its glory i think we'll just press play and, and get into it now we'll just go yes and then we'll talk over that so you give the I'll you give, say when i'll say punch it and that's when for for our listeners who want to listen along um the, the star wars bah, the fanfare is just going to start just as i say the logo oh, Punch it, yes. Yeah, so uh, let's go for it now. Three, two, one. Punch it. And we are off. Cool. Still get the goosebumps, don't you? Still get the goosebumps watching. I think you can get something for that, yeah. <laughs> how did they do the logo? I've always wanted to know. Or how did they do the crawl? It was done on, out in the car park, wasn't it? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. That's what I'm. That's why I'm in the car park. What do you mean? They they rode out the the thing, yellow on black, and then they just got a a little truck, and they just rolled back over it. Yeah, it was very haphazard. Like what? Say that again. So it's like they rode it on a big black sack out in George Lucas's car park. Yeah, and they got a camera and a guy in a wheelbarrow, and the, the, the guy with the camera stood into the wheelbarrow, and a couple of lads kind of wheeled him over the the words. Ah, will you stop now? Will you stop? Will you ever stop? It's probably a plate glass thing or something, is it? And they painted the letters on. Well, I, I I exaggerate with the wheelbarrow and with the black sack, but it was very rudimentary. I'd say it was a plate glass. Looking at it now, mm. like, and they just dragged it over. Yeah, they just shot it against the blue background and then just but, superimposed. But they did actually physically run the camera over. It wasn't done on computer or anything like that. Like, it's very no, right, right. I'm looking at the star destroyer near you. Yeah, the the little pods, little um, what were they called again? Are they popping out? Yeah, I'm just a bit behind. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, and that's okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of them, I think. He's just crashed. The first one's just crashed. So I think I'm a little bit ahead of you, but anyway, it'll be all right. Do I want to press pause for you? No, no, no. Keep going. No, no. Time is of the essence. No. Uh, has he? Has the what? What do you call those? The um, tauntons. No, not the machine. The machines. The probes. The probes. That's it. 
So Luke Skywalker has just come on the screen. Well, he's on the Tauntaun now. There he is. There he is. Is he? He's speaking into his uh, watch now. Is he? Not yet. Okay. Well, you tell me when he does. When he says Echo Base. He's just patting it off now. Echo. Echo Seven. Read me. Loud and clear, kid. Now we're on. We're in sync. Oh, brilliant. I'm watching this with subtitles on, by the way. Very interesting. Uh, the elderly have to, I suppose, watch, watch it whatever way they can. Yeah, Speaking of which, Noel, sorry to get off topic. Is, is it a certain uh, co-host's birthday today? Yeah. It's my birthday on the 26th of May as we record this. As we are recording. So, um, yeah. I'll, I'll raise a glass, you know. Um, happy birthday. Thanks, Alan. I have a, I know, I have a glass here, actually. Something. I have another glass for, for later on, so I'll just do it. There you oh, go. love. <laughs> I brought one for you. Just, uh, just done. I'm just going to take a swig now. Oh, that's a lovely bit of orange squash. Oh. Can there I give you a is. bit of trivia about Han Solo's jacket? I've loads of trivia. Come on. What, uh, a lot of people think, and with ju justifiably, because I would say it's this color, that it's blue or a navy blue. Yeah. It's actually brown. Is it? Yeah. No. <laughs> doesn't look it now. <laughs> doesn't look like it, but um, there was a clip on StarWars.com a while ago, and there was one, a woman that worked in the, um, what do you call it, the archives? You know where they keep all the, yeah. All the stuff. And there was a host there and he says, Can you tell us? He's a Dorothy or whatever. Everyone thinks it's blue. Can you tell us what colour it really is? And she says, No problem. And she just took it out of the press. She says, That's the original one. And there it is. And it was brown. So your phone going, is it? Is that the Empire trying to ring you? <laughs> no, it's not my phone. No. Is it not? No, it's your phone. No, I've turned it off. Pretty what, curious. You can hear the beep, 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 can you? Yeah. No. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It must be the, the probe searching for us in the snow. He was in Faulty Terrace. I love all this. All these American actors living in England. General Reikin. Yeah, he was in the Waldorf salad one. Was he? Anyway. Yeah. Would you make me a Waldorf salad? And John Cleese doesn't know what it means. I think we're all out of Waldorfs, he said. And he's in Octopussy. Plays the general in that. And he was in Superman. He was cut out of Superman. He played a general in Superman the movie. Oh, he's got a niche. Uh, I don't know. I think he's got a nephew, though. But um... Sorry, what'd you say? He's got... Well, he oh, plays generals in all his films. Yeah, that's true. That's Trinity. Trinity. I wonder what his favourite general part was. Uh, it has to be this one. Has to be. Must be. Here's an old tracking shot. You wouldn't have seen that by George. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a million years. Yeah, so the director is Irvin Kirshner. Yeah. Who, when you watch a documentary about it, or you hear anyone talking about it, they all call him Kirsch. Kirsch. Yeah. Kirsch said this, and Kirsch said that. Kirsch, Kirsch, Kirsch. I love the way Hans saw it. He saw George in there. Uh, in film school or something like that. That's right, yeah. Mm. Sorry, were you going to say that? Did I... 
I love the way Solo gives out to gives out that Chewy. Just cranky, just cranky with him, and you know he doesn't love him any less. You know he loves well, him. Tell you, well, I tell you the plot development here. I have some. I have the making of Empire Strikes Back. Oh yes, please. By J W somebody. This, this is Lucas. Yeah, this is Lucas himself. This is like 1977. We'll set up 60 scenes, about two pages per scene. Assuming that each act is 35 minutes, we're aiming for a 110 to 120 minute movie. So 100 to 105 page script, short and tight. Wow. And he says, going back to American Graffiti's mode of writing, we're going to give each character their own plot then have a main plot and three subplots. Each one gets resolved at the end of each act and it all builds to the finale. Wow. Here you go. There's a quick, oh, there's Cliff, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know that American people are he always had a story you know, the conspiracy theory That's yeah Cliff from Cheers John Ratzenberger yes he's also in Superman too, and he's in Superman the movie he is he's in <laughs> Toy, Toy Story ah yeah but that's he's well known for that yeah. Yeah. that's when he moved back home so go back to George's idea of the plot or the, the story. Oh, Each character is... I could be reading this out now for the whole film, so I'll pace it out a little bit. But he says we could start in the ice planet, uh, an underground installation, very hostile. And the, Re the Republic are saying, we've got to get rid of the Emperor, which was never said in the other film. Yeah. Um, and then they're trying to set up new Senate this is all like just, he's just pontificating what they could do. And he wanted to start off with the base being under attack. And he said, there's some kind of monster lurking. Mm -hmm. He said something about it. It's like the thing, you know, the movie, the thing. Yeah. And it's roaming around. And the creature could be fish, like something that swims in the snow. So, and then he said, I've always wanted to do a fantasy thing about knights riding around in giant lizards. Might be worth this time to start out with a giant lizard bird image, two-legged beast, which we've just seen with the Tauntaun. A guy is riding across the dune on a giant snow lizard. And well, he got his, sorry to interrupt, he got his wish in, um, is it Attack? No, the Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan rides a giant lizard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, no, can you just give us the name of that book that you're using as your reference point? Because sure. Be nice for the sure, listeners to know. Reference thing, an academic. It's the making of the Empire Strikes Back by J. W. Rinsler, R. I. N. Z. L. E. R. It's a fun. It's a forward by Ricky Scott. I haven't read that. Probably won't. But um, so. these are giant coffee table books for each of the the original trilogy. And yeah, I, and actually, it does fit nicely on my coffee table. Yeah, Quite nicely. But um. It, but it's funny because you know I always thought sorry I just with the when Luke gets attacked yeah by the snow beast I always thought that was to do with the fact that Mark Hamill was in a car crash yeah that's that was the rumor but it's not true hmm so do you want to tell us but what the rumor was the rumor was that well it's not a rumor Mark Hamill was in a, a car crash I didn't find this out a few years ago and he had to have reconstructive surgery in his face yeah and it because looks slightly different from the first film. Yeah, but you wouldn't know it. No. Only somebody points it out to you. Yeah. And and that's why George did it. So, I don't know, it's a bit of an odd one. 
No, that's it is, that... it is an odd opening. It is. It's not really relevant to the plot. It's it's just uh, trying to get him isolated. It's building Strange. up the um, it's building up the relationship between the main characters. That's all. But I'm talking about like Luke getting attacked. Yeah, you think so? Well, it gives Han a reason to go out into the snow. Well, he actually says here, George, from <laughs> chapter two, the the Empire's story conference, November the twenty eighth to this, November the twenty eighth to December the second, nineteen seventy seven. Uh, and the transcript runs 51 typed pages. Um, this is in, although Leigh Braquette, the scriptwriter, participated, the transcription records only Lucas's explanations. There you go. Um, and it says, well, Luke has to get hurt either by the snow people or by the Empire in the beginning. Then maybe Leia nurses him back, which creates the false impression that she loves him. Is that strange? Hmm. There she is. Can you just go back a few pages? You said that each act resolves the character's arc. What? The, what yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I think there's subplots. Yeah, there's three subplots in the main. I don't know whether there's three subplots when in each character's arc, if you know what I mean. Hmm. And each, if you take a three-act movie, so each subplot is uh, tied up at the end of each act. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just trying to think what each subplot is. Is hot a subplot? Probably. Hmm. I mean, there is. It is kind of three act or three subplots. It is Luke going off Luke's story and Han and Leia's story, and then the Empire story. Yeah, that's why I look at it anyway. That's just my my opinion. I'm just a humble, just a humble cinema goer. I always like this bit, and it's it, there's a great moment here where Harrison Ford. He does, it, it's a really understated little piece of acting, and it's when he watches. He went just spoiler alert when the Tauntaun drops dead. Oh. and Ford or Solo looks from the Tauntaun to Luke to Tauntaun, and he's kind of thinking, "What will I do?" It's a great little moment. Here it is now. Sorry. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. It's just very simple and it's... It, it, it shows... Where are you now? You just turned Luke over now. Is that where you are? He's dragging him over, yeah. So, but it shows that he doesn't have all the answers. He has the lightsaber now. So You're doesn't way have ahead the answers. Of me, Owen. Are you looking at this on fast... Fast forward or something. <laughs> what bit are you on? It's just before that. The Tauntaun's just fallen over. Yeah. Now he's dragged him over now. Hold on. He's saying, man, man, man. What's these things smell bad? On the outside. You've done that bit, have you? That's just You've just in the shelter now. And now you tell me when the snow speeder comes on. Okay. I think you're a bit ahead of me now, no? Go on. Tell me when. And here he comes now. All right. Dax, isn't it? What's his name? Da Dak? Is he Dax? Are you after moving closer to the microphone now? No. You sound very different. 
Sorry about that. You sound it's very nice. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. What have um, you got now? Commander Skywalker, do you copy? This is row two. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, it's fine. Now there's a bit of distance between us and all. That's, that's probably why there's a time distance. Oh, like a delay? Is that what you mean? No, I don't know. I just, I think mine, well, you see, mine's, yeah, I'm watching Blu-ray, so it sounds a bit more. Oh, uh, there you go. It's it's bit, it's going a bit too fast. It's the the, the race. The... Of course, we wanted to watch the original. Well, do you have the original on, on DVD? Mm. I do. Watch? I wasn't able to use the DVD player tonight. So. Oh, you, did, you had to book it. Have to buy, have to book the DVD player in advance in my house. Well in advance. Ford's great here. He's even his friend is half dead and he's kinda ugh looking bored. Yeah, not a little well like no no, this is a character bit, so I'll stay quiet. Which which bit are you referring to? No, no, this is where they're all together now. It's the first scene where they're all Yeah, together. it's it's no, a great it's a great moment. You're not in Cloud City yet, no. Yeah, yeah when he makes a reference, he wanted this to be like Dr. Zhivago. That's why he picked the snow. That's why he partially picked the snow. And he wanted, he was referencing uh, your favorite film, Gone with the Wind, where Han is like Rhett Butler and Luke is like Ashley. Yeah. He's a rip off. George just rips off everything. <laughs> <laughs> just face it. Oh, of course he does. It's a nice jacket. Ah, there's the old frown. There's the old Harrison Ford frown. Scruffy looking. Well, that brings those murkier all right up. I don't like it. He struts around well. Kind of like the the high school jock here. Kind of like, yeah, look mm. at me. Yeah, what do you? It's all bluster. Some nice light panels in the ceiling. Some great moments that uh, C-3PO runs forward to see the kiss. Chewie mm. does a running commentary. Well, it's interesting it's nice. because Chewie and 3PO had a much more deeper relationship in the original. Chewie and 3PO, he writes here, we have the continuation of the love affair, a scene between Chewbacca and 3PO with Han and Leia in the background being lovey-dovey. Chewbacca and 3PO carry on a conversation. Since three PO can more or less understand che Chewbacca, and they're both commenting on the mushy thing that is going on. Huh. On and out. they're like the kids who don't like what the adults are doing. <laughs> Chewbacca is sort of is out of sorts about the whole thing. It's good, isn't it? Yes. He doesn't well, know what Master Luke is going to think about it. There you go. Oh. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. Oh well, there's elements of that later on. We'll get to it when. Um... Chewie is raging at the fact that uh, Han has been taken away from him in, yeah. uh, in Cloud City. But I'll get to it. I, just, I think it's great yeah. that you, you, um, a man in a, a seven foot man in a big dog costume actually emotes Mouth. and you actually feel for him. You, it's, it's incredible. Look at her doing double time. 
taking someone's job. Man, get the unions in. Here we have the first introduction of the um, the team. The, 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 what's it called? The funeral march. The funeral Basically. march. Yeah, the emperor. Empire's team. Um, it's not in the original, which I for years didn't realize. I used to watch Star Wars and never noticed. That's the original one. Yeah. But it became so ubiquitous that you just think it's in the original. It just when you think of a new hope. Mm. That's our Star Wars. That's that. That's in your head, but it doesn't actually. It only appears in the second film. Oh, there's a Bond, uh, Indiana Jones. Donovan. Donovan. Character. Mm. He's in Bond as Donovan. well, isn't he? Last Crusade. Yeah, Crusades. Uh, he was a year later. He'd be starting with Roger Moore and Furious only. First driving movie I ever saw in the States. And there's Brosnan, for those of you who ever saw Grange Hill. Mr. Mr. Michael, Bronson. Mr. Bronson. Bronson, sorry, I beg yeah. your pardon. Mm. Michael, I think it's shared his name. He used he popped up in everything. Yeah. One of those great actors. I love the little look he gives him here. Oh. If looks could kill. Kill. Lovely little movement there. That's a lovely blue screen. That's pretty cheap now, I have to say. That is pretty cheap. The electronics? No, the, the background there, the lads. That's such oh, a fake background. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking about the electronics. It's clearly just a couple of firecrackers in the thing. In, in the notes. Uh, I won't spoil this. this is a good bit, sorry. I have the I have the, uh, the the film adaption of this as well, a novel by Donald F. Glut. Oh yeah. Two I always like this, this moment. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps for the last time, and Luke says, "I hope you make your piece of Java." And Hans says, "Give him hell, kid." The Corellian responded lightly. I remember. Chewbacca looked up and knew that each was wishing the other. I'm just turning the page now. The best. <laughs> it was worth Whatever their individual faith might take them. Yeah, that, that's a rating from Donald Left Glutz. Well, I tell you what about Donald Left Glut. Oh, um, you know him. No, but. I remember when, just going back to that scene with um, when Han is looking at the Tauntaun to Luke to Tauntaun and he's kind of, what will I do, what will I do? Mm. And I remember we, we were watching Empire Strikes Back with me and my brothers, my sister, my, my oldest brother, Carl, said, I'd love to read the novelization just to see, hear what's going through Han's head in that moment. All right. And do you think that he referenced it in the book? No, of course he doesn't. It doesn't come up. So I was a bit disappointed with the novelization from that point of view. Yeah, but nah. But we're not here. I don't, think a, lot, I don't think a lot of things do go through Han's head. <laughs> I think he's just a very instinctive, impulsive human being. Yes, that's true. 
I don't think there's any uh, committee going on this is conscious. No. Now in the thing, will I say this? We have to give Vader another environment. I'm reading from the book here. Either another Death Star, Imperial City, or some kind of cave. Maybe it might be nice to give Vader a little castle on a rock in the middle of the ocean. That's interesting. Ah, George. And he had these goblin-type gargoyles surrounding him. This is a great bit. This is a great rally call. This really G's everyone up. I always give it a punch the air. And you can hear John Williams' music in the background. Yeah, let's do it. Kick their ass. Yeah, All right, everybody, let's go. She's very understated, but I like it. Yeah, but she I love the ion cannon. Do you like the ion cannon, though? I do. It's a lovely sound off. It's, and it looks great. Lovely sound at that. And this line here, great line. Good. Our first catch of the day. Where are that, you now? That military confidence of the Empire was great. They're opening the shield now. That's where I am. There's the ion cannon just gone now. No, you're way ahead of me again. So tell me when the first transport is away, when they say it. Well, I know. Yeah, I got you. I just happened to do it there. First transport, and they're all cheering. Is that right? Now Luke's getting into the back of the front, whatever it is of the There's Dak. There's Dak. Yeah, yeah. no, Jimmy. <laughs> Watch your hands, Luke, when he's closing the door. Dak isn't taking much notice of you think they say arms in or something. Yeah, remember the Donald F. Glut um version. And uh he says Dak says, I feel like I take on the whole empire myself. And he says, Luke taught himself. He, re he remembered that feeling of invincibility taking on the empire. He has this little reflective moment where he, he too used to feel like Dak taking on the empire, this optimistic approach. But um, Luke did destroy the Death Star in fairness. So he, he's. He did. There we go. Said, There's a little, little, and you only notice it after you see Return of the Jedi, but there's a little... So, so well, I read what he says. I had the Glutzies book here. So after Dax says his thing, Luke says, yeah, I know what you mean. And then Glutz says, though there were only a few years between them, at that moment, Luke felt centuries older. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Sorry about that. You do see a, the, the uh, ATST. Oh yeah, little fella. Yeah, two yeah, legged. Just one, little, one little shot of him. I always wonder why that was put in. Just to complicate things. They obviously didn't want to make things easy. Mm. Yeah, you can imagine George showing up. The lads have everything done, finished. Oh, it's all ready to that. go. George shows yeah, up. Yeah, thinking maybe. <laughs> That's a tr tricky shot. Because you're moving the the thing, and you're also going to move the camera. At the same time, I love all the just the military back and forth, the mm. the tech technical speak that doesn't actually mean anything, but is so important to the world. 
because it's easy to do it it's easy just to type gobbledygook and go yeah whatever this just sounds mm. like but there's 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 something behind it all of that that actually means something means something gets around the kneecap here yeah odd one do they have shields over them or is it just the armor I think that the the um the equipment the rebels are using isn't just quite up to scratch. That's what I always took from that. Mm. No, there he is. There he is. Wedge. Wedge Antilles. <laughs> I love him. He's like George C. Scott. Jesse George C. Scott. He looks like him. I love the big grin on his back and his face even. Yeah, when he's, uh, when he's gone around, he's really oh, okay, we got him. He's chuffed the bits. Look at him. <laughs> Come on, yeah. I One love more Wedge. pass. One more pass. Yeah, I just stay up here, out of range. Yeah, just, just Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah, I love the detached cable, cable detached. I love all that. It's all real. Punchy. Oh, that's Wedge, then. Sorry, I got confused there. Yeah. It's all real punchy dialogue. Yeah. Oh, lovely mustache. Yeah. That was the Norwegian, was it the Norwegian reserves or the Norwegian army that played the, um, oh, the, right. the ground troops? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm. I'm sure that's in your JW Resner book. It is, but it, to turn the page, I need it. I need both or hands. A forklift or a crane, even. Oh, there it is. Just a bit of it now. I don't know. March the 10th it was shot in March 1979 a lot of it yeah it's 40 years that's why we're doing this by the way for our yes. tracks listeners when was it out was it Memorial Day was it I assume it's the 20 it was the 29th of no 29th I had the info up earlier and I got side I got sidetracked <laughs> uh, I ended up looking at uh, Harold Becker's <laughs> Wikipedia page why would you look at that? I just... March the 22nd, they shot a lot of this. There, thereabouts. Oh. It was the number March. one, it was the highest grossing movie of 1980. Well, I'm not surprised, mate, to be honest with you. No, I'm not surprised either. You say that as if you'd have, you'd have lost money on um, 17th of May, 1980. 21st of May 1980 was the full, full release. Oh. So it probably didn't come out until July or August in over in Ireland. I might, this might be in it. Hold on a second. I will see how good this book is. We'll see how, we'll see how good. But the, um, for our, our younger listeners, ah. it used to be a day when films were released in the United States first and then we had to wait a couple of months before they appeared over here. Hmm. I remember The Phantom Menace came out in May over in the United States, and we had to wait till July for it here. Yeah. In hindsight now, I wouldn't have mind waiting a bit longer, but I wasn't too upset. I don't think I went to see it. I think I went to see it a couple of days after it came out. Did you? 
Well, anyway, look, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, okay. We won't, we won't dirty that. We're doing well here. Yeah. I, I, like, I like the way the camera is sitting in the background. You see that? And yeah. there's a bit of distance between the actors and the camera. It's yeah. like he's got his back to her now. You're probably in on Dagobah by now. But, <laughs> but the way I'm looking, and the cables are in the way and all. Yeah, it's like I you're, it's like you're a, a person you're in, her, in the room. <laughs> yeah. I like that. In the corner. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you oh, did your man get blown? Did the head get blown up yet? Who? No, it's coming now where it fades to black. Yeah, can you can you point to can you tell us about this? No, please. Just I don't know the story behind. Here we go. Lee's going up now on his little zip line. He finds some hatch he's able to open. Fair down. No, he uses the sorry the lights out. There it is the sky the skywalker. See it? I yeah, he's throwing a bomb in there. That's where I am. He's falling to the ground. Where are you? It's going to blow up now. There it is in the background. Head's going to blow up now. It goes to black. What? Now he's falling to the ground. Is that right? Where are you? They've reached the power generators. Pew, 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 pew. This is right. the power generator. Great wasteland. Like it looks looks like a battlefield afterwards. That's an awkward turn. What? The way the Atta turned there and the snow speeder blew up. Yeah. It looked like a dog. It was a really bad turn. Now the paragenitors have blown up in my one. Have they blown up? Yeah. I think I it's I think um because I'm watching it on my phone, it might be something to do with the, the speed. It just speeds up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think so. On your phone, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Here's the worst entrance of ever from Darth Vader coming up. You ready for it? He does yeah, a little, he, he kind of pivots, he pivots to the left, little, just to kind of slide through, <laughs> through a few little uh, railings. Oh, it is a bit, yeah. It's like he's come to open a supermarket or something, yeah. Yeah. Will I tell you about that? Lovely little. Cut. Yeah. Go on, tell you Darth Vader story. I went to see Darth Vader in Mm. Quinsworth or Crazy Prices. Um... I think it was around 1984, 85. It must have been around 1985. Um, for years afterwards, we thought that oh, it was just some guy dressed up as um, Darth Vader, it wasn't David Prowse. But I actually read an article since then that David Prowse was actually it, it was him. Just going around to all no the, way. the supermarkets, yeah. But um, I was a young young boy four or five years of age and the all i knew about Darth vader was from the movies i didn't know that he was an actor and it was just it was fake and i'd never forget the moment i was standing there beside my mom and Darth vader came up the escalator and walked quite determined over to where he was supposed to be going holy mm. god 
It was terrifying. I've never been was so it? I'd imagine it was. scared mm. in my life. It was absolutely... Can you imagine this? I mean, he was huge. Mm. Looked well, looked good to me. <laughs> he was coming up an escalator in crazy prices. Rising. Yes, exactly. Mm. That, I think that added to the effect that he kind of came up. I didn't he see didn't him. have one hand on the rails there. I hope he had just his hands on his hips, rolling his belt. Well, I was just glad that he didn't come in like... Um, you know, went went to walk in through the, the door, the automatic doors, and they didn't quite open for him or something. Or you know, and he kind of bumped, bumped into them. Or no, he was. He was talk or anything? Any sound effects or anything? Um, I didn't actually meet him. I was too busy being terrified and crying. Oh. But, um, my brother said he met him, and he said that he. Well, he just it didn't. He didn't know it wasn't. James Earl Jones' voice, obviously, but um, he got to hold his lightsaber and everything. Oh, he asked him, could he turn it on? He, and Darth Vader said, no, it's, it's, uh, it's broken or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As you do. Uh, any, no, I forgot, I forgot to charge it. Now? No, any pictures? No, it was the 80s. Nobody took pictures in the 80s. He just went oh, and experienced it. Polaroid or anything, no? That's a great shot when he the falcon as if he's moving it down and the camera just tilts up just to give that impression before they cut the model of the falcon flying down you probably have to rewind it to, to look at it again oh when he says we can still out maneuver them and he yeah yeah the camera just, yeah the camera just moves up to give the impression the cockpit's going down brilliant yeah very simple Yeah, it's 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 uh it's wonderfully done. Just the these it, kind of a, a hangover from um, a New Hope. These agents, mm. these these clowns are are in charge of looking yeah. after the the princess. They're, they're princess. Kind, of, kind of goofing around. They don't know what they're doing. That's a bit odd again, though. They kind of just. Like, I'm not criticizing, but you just wouldn't see that today. They go off. They go away from the cockpit. I don't know. It's, it's odd. Just that they had the, the mentality to do that. What do you mean? I don't know. I yeah. just, I suppose films today are just a little bit more on the nose and a bit too precise. And they don't have that little bit of slack, you know, that they would have had back then. What would they show him in with a screwdriver fixing? It's not even that, but the fact that he, it almost seems derivative to then show him kind of playing around in the engine room and it doesn't really amount to anything. Yeah. It just comes back. They could have just went straight into the, the asteroid field then. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not criticizing, but it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think, just, I think it just adds to the, the chaoticness of, hmm. of, uh, Han Solo and, and Chewbacca that everything's always just a bit kind of last minute and sell a tape and stuff together it all just feeds into the character mm. but I just like the fact it's not everything isn't absolutely smooth mm. just in terms of the script writing and the storytelling yeah true yeah Will I tell you what Hans' story was? Yes, please. 
Mate, you're going to be fascinated by this. I won't read the whole thing out. Bedham accepting responsibility. He goes on some kind of a mission. So I don't right. think he was originally with Leia. And he has to talk to a leader who controls commerce in the galaxy. A bit like, you know, this is what George said, a bit like J.P. Morgan. Uh, he's either a head merchant or holds a monopoly or something that is extremely important to the Empire. Um, no, it's Lando. Yeah. No, no. Uh-huh. Han comes up to Leia and she says, we've made contact with your stepfather. Will you talk to him? Ooh. Everything depends on her having an alliance with the Transport Guild or whatever. So the head, this, his stepfather could be the head of the transportation unit, which means he controls all the pilots, all the navigators, all the shipping throughout the galaxy. Um, so, and then there's a whole section where Han got tied up with Chewie. It has to do with Han being orphaned and landing on the Wookiee planet and being raised by the Wookiees. Han's stepfather is a Hemingway-esque character. His father was a traitor and his father's father was a traitor. So there's a bit of it. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? If we send Han off, the Wookiee will pr- probably have to go. George isn't even calling by his name. Good Lord. And then he mentions, he actually mentions the sequel novel, Splinter of the Mind's Eye by Alan Dean Foster. It has Yuzum. I don't know, I forget that. We may or may not use the Wookiee planet in this one. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I wait to yeah, the stuff about the force is great. We'll wait, I'll wait. Do you want to hear Yoda's original name or in a further draft? He's called what's his name? Oh, I know this one. Minch Yoda. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. There is a I was I heard an interview with J.W. Resner. Is that his name? J.W. Resner? Uh, let me just turn it over with, with a crowbar. Yeah, J.W. Rinsler. Rinsler, sorry. Yeah. And a lot of people give um, too much credit. He said this. I think George said at one stage, they give too much credit to Lay Brackett yeah. for her you contribution. And there's actually, somewhere there's a draft of, the, of her... her Empire Strikes Back and there's like George Lucas is reading and his notes from the side and he starts off with like no little small nose here and there no no and just as he goes <laughs> through the, the whole thing the no, the no just keeps getting bigger and bigger no no no, no. So George actually rewrote um, her draft mm. and added in a lot of things so he uh, he doesn't get a lot of credit for this one and then Larry came in, and Larry finished mm-hmm. out a lot of the dialogue. That's my Lawrence Kasdan impression. I like this scene as well. This is a good setup scene. It's, and I love all the messing about. And you're kind of, what's all? Oh, no, look at that shark thing. I don't know where you are, but that's where I am. And it's, uh, again, you got to say, it's completely irrelevant. But it's just setting the scene and where we're going to spend the next... 40 minutes it's, it's a good way of immersing the audience in it you know it's mm. it's just uh, it's good stuff again I don't think you'd see it it's like a mini little short movie in itself yeah and he 
it's it creeps up on you because by the the difference between him when he arrives and by the time he leaves, just you know, there's a world of difference. Mm. But it's still in that little episode that kind of does everything. So, oh, here we go. Um, General Nadine has just entered into the. Um, no, I'm behind you now. Hold on. Let me just catch up there. Tell you what, we'll we'll go with you. You 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 tell me where you are. You're the master version. Okay, right doors so, right. open. Admiral, now I'm just looking at. Darth has got his head off. Piet is coming around the corner. Give me a bit of dialogue. There's nothing. Yeah, it's just that the hat's gone on Darth's head. Dart. He's turning around. Yes, Admiral. That's where I am. Our ships have sighted the Millennium Falcon, Lord. Mm. But it has entered an asteroid field and we cannot risk. Asteroids are concerned me, Admiral. Is that where you are, no? Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to... Has the scene ended yet? Now it's the scene. Now we're at the Falcon. Ah, brilliant. So, um... I said General Nadine. That's actually the general from Return of the Jedi, the, the rebel general. Yeah. Admiral Piet. Yes. I always like the way he survives. Yeah, he's a good character. He's a good little weasel. Yeah. They don't develop him either. I like that. If that was today, yeah. be, oh, we have to develop him and give him a backstory. And no, no. He's, he has a few lines. He serves the movie. That's it. Yeah. All of this crap. It's like Christmas in the Falcon there, isn't it? Lovely lights up. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Will I tell you, will I speak over this? Yes, please. Han and Leia are in the cockpit for anyone that's uh, right. watching. And uh, this is Lucas talking about Luke's journey. The film was originally set up as a spooky movie as a horror kind of film. Now the emphasis on the love story. Luke in the, in the desert sequence is really a, a horror film sequence like The Exorcist, dealing with the devil. Uh, this can be developed into a good conflict. Basically, Jesus' temptation in the desert scene. It would be interesting, a good idea, if in this one, Vader tries to tempt Luke. It's interesting hearing him talk about that in the terms of The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. He's not afraid to cherry pick That's here and there. Yeah, that's, that's our George. George describes Yoda's know, this crazy little nitwit that scurries around like a rat, which in the end teaches Luke a lot about the force. And we need a name for the critter. Let's make him small so he's about 28 inches high, maybe slightly frog-like. He squats. He, we could possibly have Jim Henson and the Muppets work with us. He's interested and could probably help with this. It should be like Kermit the Frog, but an alien with very thin puppet arms and little thin hands. Maybe a bulbous body with short legs with very large floppy webbed feet, almost like swim fins. You could have the personality of a Muppet, only it would be realistic enough to be believable. Hmm. It was all there. It is. I've just described him. Just describe Kermit the Frog. Yeah. You can imagine him saying to the in the meter the, the meeting room, and we can get Jim Henson involved and cut to Jim Henson in his office just 
you know, getting that shiver. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> Something bad's coming up around the corner. What is it? Frank, what's Frank up to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got a great one for you. And how Luke gets the day by now, I'm jumping around here. The appropriate way for Luke to go off to become a Jedi Knight would be for him to be called. He has a feeling he has to go someplace. Luke might receive some message from Obi-Wan, some kind of code that he figures out as a signal beacon. Strange. Mm -hmm. It could be something that he hasn't even thought about. He finds it in his pocket one day. It could be in his sword handle. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, could be, saying, could be like a hologram in, in the, the lightsaber. So he shows a darty who would say it is a crystalline holographic memory system containing 3,254 bits of information. Blah, blah, blah. Look at that. When Luke, yeah. He can read. When Luke first displays his talent as a Jedi warrior, we can really do a big number where he's in a physically trapped situation with stormtroopers. Luke polishes off 137 stormtroopers. It's interesting. Very specific. Seek. The bog planet is like the hound of the Baskervilles. The what planet? The bog planet, like Dagobah. The bog planet. Okay. Mm. I was just thinking this the other night. They're very crafty, the Jedi, aren't they? They're very duplicitous. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean Yoda and Ben, I mean, they're liars. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them acting, he's acting the Egypt with him, Yoda. Ben is all coy about, oh, I don't know what happened to your father. Absolute liars who were getting this young fella to make up for there. Yep. Oh, that was the, isn't that the whole thing where, uh, um, what's his name? George Lucas said about the, 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 Jedi were careless and they were what's the word? Arrogant or arrogant, yeah, and that kind of stuff in the in the original three. Or not the original the, the prequels. Mm. So um and you, yeah, you can see I mean, like like all things George says, you kinda of go, What? And then you kinda of think of it and go, Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's right. And, and, it, and you watch the the original trilogy and you go, Oh yeah. The Jedi in that film are, those films are quite unreliable. Davis. Yeah. There's something in this scene, there's some, I don't know, I thought there was some foul up in this scene or somebody pointed something out. I don't know. What do you mean? I think there's some mistake or she pulls something off the wall, it breaks off or I don't know, something silly like the set moves when they lean against it. Oh, right, right, right. This is probably him at his absolute best, really, this scene. Harrison Ford? Hmm. Give us a bit of dialogue now so I know where exactly you are. I like the sound of that. Stop that. Stop what? My hands are dirty too. Are you afraid? <laughs> You're trembling. 
You like me because I'm scared. So you think this is um, Harrison Ford at his best? Ah, it is, really. That's his epoch. Yeah. Is a word I've never said. 1980. really is. Interesting on widescreen. There's a couple of twins. That's an emergency twin spot there. Yeah, the widescreen's great. You get to see the little bits of the set, and you're like, oh. Smash. Scoundrel. Hmm. Sure, lawyer. <laughs> now we're on Star Destroyer now. Here's Admiral Piet now walking up to Vader. Yeah, what's he talking? I have Vader stuff about Vader and the Force. This was the scene that was re-recorded, wasn't it? No, you're telling me, yeah. Reshot. Yeah, this is incredible. And it looks completely like I've I've looked at it side by side. It's the exact same. It says in this now, things notes, Vader is really afraid of the Emperor. That's the only thing Vader's afraid of. Um and then he gives him a little backstory about how he became Vader. Does he? Okay. Let's let's hear it. Let's like, see if it ties together. Uh, no one knew that he had been seduced, but he went around killing all these Jedi in secret. He killed a bunch of them and trapped others in a situation where they were all destroyed. Only a few escaped. One of them was Ben. Vader is completely consumed by the evil side of the Force. He's an instrument of the Force rather than having his own free will in terms of what he does. Uh, when we kill him off in the next one, we'll reveal what he really is. He wants to be human. He's still fighting in his own way, the dark side of the force. He doesn't want to be a bad man, but he is. Ah. Uh, but there's no mention of him being his father so far. It seems to be all about trying to find Luke. Yeah. And then it becomes kind of friends with Han and Leia at one point. Darth Vader does. Yeah, there's some bizarre things. I can't oh, is that where. when they're having um, their... Yeah, uh, and he mentions that. He wants them to have dinner with them. Their stew. Later on, yeah. I can't remember. Great, great little uh, or two moment there trying to look in the window. Yeah, ah, Justin. Oh, this here's the widescreen. I never noticed you can actually see or two looking in. Oh, yeah, in the back. Yeah, I do an mm. impression of Yoda. Did I ever do it for you? Please do. It's not not him talking. It's it's Yoda um, walking. So, but it's it's audio. Do you know what I mean? So it's oh, this, like it's what Yoda sounds like when he's walking. So it's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's him. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Get those corns in his feet looked at. <laughs> That's the way he walks. <laughs> ah, he's just moaning. He's just, just in the case any social workers are checking him out to see if he's claiming medical card or something like that. Maybe that's what R2 is there for. That's why he's looking in the Going window. On. Here we go. Here's the turn bit. Here's he, he realizes that uh, Yoda's playing him. Yeah, here we go. He's playing him like a, like a guitar. 
the whole time. Was I any different when you saw me? I can imagine Alec Guinness recording those lines on a on a sun lounger. Somebody um brought a tape recorder. Up to Kind of a fan. He's made a big fan out of all the money he has. Did you see that interview with him? I think, is it on? No, it's not on Clarkson. Not Clarkson, sorry. Uh, Parkinson. Parkinson, yeah. So why did you do it? I thought it was terrible. But I couldn't, I couldn't stop turning the page. The dialogue was a bit ropey, but... Mm. Uh... Turning the page. Hey. Hey. Hmm. R2, R2's not giving up the ghost. He's still looking in. He's still bleeding away, isn't he? <laughs> He's still there. Fair play to him. He's a really, if he wrote, they should write, somebody should write his diaries, R2, because R2 was there for everything. Oh, yeah. He didn't get his memory wiped at all. He's there. With, he knows about Darth and Everything. He knows it all. Yeah. Just download them into a PowerPoint presentation. And just let's see it. Yeah. It was a great Christmas Day movie, and do you know why? Because there's kind of a What's it? this middle this middle act. It's kind of they're yeah. they're kind of lounging around, and that's yeah. that's good for a Christmas Day movie when you're you're kind of horizontal watching us so and yeah. so are the characters so you don't mind you, you know just kind of a there's an easygoingness to the bit not not in terms Tuned. of plot but it's it slows itself right down so you can just slow what down was, and watch. What the was film. the thing you said? Sorry, it's popping into my head about. The only time that Chewie fires, fires his crossbow is in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. He fires it here, though, doesn't he? Oh, maybe he does, yeah. I think Han shoots him, though. Shoots the thing off the... That scared me. So they're on the, the Falcon, and they're going outside to see what... Um, Goggles. The Minox are uh, chewing on the power cables. This is completely irrelevant, really, to scene as well. It's just, this is like the raptor scene in that other movie. Just, I just think little touches, like Chewie goes off away to this, out of the shot. So, it, you know, it's, it makes sense. They don't need them all in the, sh- yeah. into, into one shot. Now, yeah. That was Han who shot that one off. Yeah. Uh, in the future, it's coming up now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, he's kicking around now. Oh, oh wait, he does shoot us. Does no. Oh, he does. He shoots it there once. Thank you. Stand corrected. How could this one little laser blast make this 
creature move. I don't know. It's a very sensitive stomach. Well, you know when you're upset, so a little thing can throw you off center. Yeah, but always are convulsing left or right and up and down. I mean, just put my hand on the area that's affected. That's it. I love the way he leaves Leia behind. He just runs stairs first. Great bit of arms. That's real frantic arms thrown around the place. Yeah. That's him running up the stairs in the, the airport car park and frantic. There we go. <laughs> There's Michelle thing beside him. <laughs> Get your fingers out of your face, Chewie. <laughs> is the cave collapsed yet? No. Just is now. Climbing okay. between the teeth. Oh, okay. So we're on, we're on par now. Um, never bothered me that that's just a, a puppet. That's just, <laughs> I always no. thought it was fine. Yeah, well, I tell you, well, Luke or George talks about the force and its yes. inspiration. Oh, yes, please, yeah. Some of the force came from Carlos Castaneda's book, Tales of Power. The idea that you can see things in another dimension would work great. Uh, he begins to see Ben in the other dimension. He can begin to see his ancestors in the other dimension with the force, which means we can bring them back in a different way. And Ben is telling him about all the powers he can get. He can't use it for evil or else he'll be he'll succumb to the dark side of the force. Mm -hmm. If you use it for evil, it will start using you, which I thought was a very simple. I never really considered that, but I thought it was good. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, I like that. That's really good. Makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of the doorway you're opening. Yeah. So you think that you're manipulating it, but it actually ends up manipulating you. Yeah. That's brilliant. It's not good. It's so simple. I like that little twist. Mm. There's other things now. Just you, you talk away there. Sorry. Well, he does some great stuff with the force, but then he does some silly things. You know that the tree in coming up where Luke has a a force vision. Yeah. On the soundtrack, and George does refer to it. I think in in some of the in some of the diaries it's called the magic tree which, right. is, which is the worst name for um anything really to do with the force but uh he could have called it you know the force tree or the tree of life or something no it's the mm. magic tree there you go that's george for you what is it up right There's an interesting where Ben is explaining the force to Luke. And this is Luke is saying this. Maybe we should set up some kind of levels of achievement. Ben can say that Luke is now a level two and Vader <laughs> is a four. And this is Ben saying this. I was a six and the Emperor is a six. And he's oh, Ben right. gives himself, <laughs> gives himself a, a top rating. Fair play to him. And the Emperor is on his way to becoming a ten. You must stop the emperor before he becomes achieves the level of ten. <laughs> <laughs> like some kind of star search or something. I don't know. <laughs> You're a six. I'm a seven. He's a ten. And that remind me because he talks about the the big deal towards the end. What he what he envisioned for that. 
something else here where Yoda's setting him little trap. Hmm. <clears throat> Give us a, a line of dialogue now, so I know where you are. There's not really any dialogue. He's just wandering around the forest. Has he stood on the little thing yet? Yeah, I don't know. I was looking away. There's the thing, the, the little lizard thing. There's a snake in the background. Lucas wandering in. Oh, he's climbed down, is he? Yeah, now he's going into the thing. His face is half lit. Okay. Yeah, here comes Darth. Great scene. What a scene. Rare use of slow motion. Yes, and on the soundtrack, there is keyboards. Did what? You know Did you know that? There's keyboards and other bits in Star Wars. I'm trying to remember now. It's interesting yeah. you say that. But this is a, yeah, this is one of the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he uses keyboards. A rare example by, by Johnny Williams. You wonder why you would do that. That must be difficult doing the uh, the lightsaber thing in, in slow motion. It doesn't look as good. I don't know whether they would have. What would they have done? Oh, would they have something. done it first and then slowed it down, or would they have slowed it down the film and then? Because it's not shot in slow motion, I don't think. Do you know what I mean? They kind of no, did a pose. You think they would? It would have looked a bit better. It's a weird kind of slow mo because some parts aren't the way. I always remember that scene. Sorry, in the classic cinema in in uh, in Harold's Cross, I drove past it today, and I looked over and they're completely there's diggers in, just completely demolishing it now. Very sad. I always think of Emperor when I drive by. I remember going to see it, my cousin, me, myself, me mum, my cousin. She hadn't seen it, and I remember saying to her in that day, "Oh, it's it's maybe a little bit scary." She's about five years older than me, but yeah. Where was the but classic? Yeah, was Harold's Cross. Yeah. Mm. And I can't, I mean, I did see this in the cinema, but I, I was trying to remember where. The peculiar notion I saw it in England, but I don't. I have a few memories of it. I remember, again, you know the way you remember things, and it's probably not right. I, I had this peculiar recollection. Remember the old screens that were there on them? What's it called? It's gone now as well, unfortunately. At, um, Is that Trinity uh, College? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I suppose near Pier Street, Garda Station. Yeah. What's the name of the street? Yeah. I always seem to remember a big poster up for Empire, but all it was was like, I don't know, was there a painting or a photo of Luke's face in the snow speeder with the helmet on? And it was kind of at an angle. But I've never been able to find it. But I'm pretty sure there is like a publicity poster. Like massive, you know, not just A4. Or, I know you love your A sizes. A1. I mean, massive poster. Oh, this was like a big, big banner kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know what it was like coming soon kind of thing. But I always remember that. And then we were in, we were definitely in England. Now, I don't think it was 1980. We were in England or South End or somewhere. And, uh. Again, I I think it was like a, I don't know what it was, like a, some car showroom and they had 3PO and R2 in it. And this is like at 8 o'clock at night. It was just places closed, but they had them in the, the shop window. Real proper, I don't know what the connection was. Anyway, there's a few memories from my 
subconscious as a five-year-old. Did you not try and reef the big poster down? No, like when I say a big post now, Owen, it's probably the size of your, your house from left to right, you know? Right. So that that's what I mean when I say poster. Yeah. I must okay. track it down. Let's track it down. Okay. Captain Nide, he made the right balls up, didn't he? He did indeed, yeah. He looks that sort. I love, his, I love the, the way he says, well, I'll apologise to Lord Vader. Yeah, he's, he's getting in there. Yeah. You know, the way you do that before you get into trouble. You Look, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you're preempted. You want to... Just, just want to say that I just, was wrong. My bad, I know. Yeah. I know. Apologise. Many days you're going to suspend. You're or... fired. You go, oh, shit. Uh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. So are we on the, um, the training sequence on Dagobah? Falling over and now he's going to try and... Oh, is it your copy done? That's where I am. Nothing to say. Here's R2 trying to steal the scene, rocking back and forth. Kenny Baker. Yeah, I was watching Time Bandits earlier from 1981. Um, is that, that. that aged well? It's it's all right. I kind of watched <laughs> it just for nostalgia. I remember again. I remember seeing it, and I just hadn't seen it. And I had it on DVD, and I said, "Ah, sure, come on." It's I don't know. It gets. I was I was reading about it. It was made for five million dollars, and it was number one in the states for four weeks, and it made yeah. about thirty six million dollars. And it was, and then they released it again a year later. I would, I didn't think it did very well. But have you seen it? I saw it like when it came out in video. Well, probably what year? Nineteen eighty. You said it came out nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. So I probably saw it just out on video in nineteen eighty nine or something like that in mm. extra vision. But um, <clears throat> I don't really remember much about it other than that it 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 kind of was a. Monty Python film, wasn't it? Like you know, I was yeah. A lot of the, yeah, a lot of them were in it. Yeah, yeah. In all but name. Hmm. Well, that's it. There's six. Yeah. Uh, how do I put this? Sh shorter actors in it, let's say, and they were all kind of. They were supposed to be um, based on the Pythons. You know, in terms of their personality. Uh, personality. Yeah. Now, here's a bit about Yoda. He's constantly making fun of Luke. Uh, we'll try to make the lessons into Proverbs or Commandments so that at the end, Luke has earned all these commandments as a way to the Force. The first one will relate to getting food. The second one will relate to bringing the ship up. In scene 28, lesson three, the critter, as he calls him, either uses Luke's laser sword or somehow reveals that he's the superior warrior. There may be some kind of attack. Maybe the critter, i.e. Yoda, kills a monster. Um, oh, he lifts. Uh, so he lifts the uh, the X-wing out. Yeah. So this is this thing. Now we're looking at. I love that bit when Yoda is talking about the Force and he yeah, squeezes his fist together. 
Mm. You have to feel the force around you. I mean, that's Brando himself couldn't do that. It's just something about, I don't know, the diminutive Yoda mm. parting this wisdom and then being so passionate about it. This is a great scene. And you like, kept... sorry, go on. No, no, go on, go on. Like all great cinema, you know, you know, pulling the rug out is, is a good cinema trope where, you know, a bit of success, but uh, hold on a second. Or, you know, or something sad, a little tinge mm. of happiness, whatever. Great uh, successful scene here. His ship is back and it's the brilliant Yoda theme music playing and everything. Mm. And then at the very end of the scene, Yoda kind of goes, well, you're, you're not a Jedi, Luke, sorry. You know, it's just kind of, he kind of just dismisses him. And it's a great, uh, so it feels triumphant, but then at the very end, it's, it's anything but. But it's clever. That's why the, the, the X-Wing crashed into the yeah. swamp in the first place. It's all working yeah. backwards. Yeah. Just for this scene, just a, it's all a metaphor, really. The eyes on him there is great as well. He opens the eyes to look at, hmm. at look at Luke. Hmm. Because you see it so many times, and you you know that he's going to get the ship out. But when you see it the first time, and he crashes the ship. You're like, oh, how is he going to get out of here? This is a bit of a, he's in a bit of a pickle. Maybe yeah, Han Solo will come and rescue him. You know. It's uh, you take it for granted. Um, probably, probably drain the swamp or something like that, or <laughs> something like that. Apology he probably accepted. probably deconstructs all the the ship, take it out part by part or something. Yeah. Is Captain Nide dead yet? No. No, I haven't noticed now. I think he, oh, he just did. Yeah. Yeah. Admiral, don't fail me again, Admiral. Yeah, that's right. Great line. Now I'm this is a special edition, so you have to redo that shot for some reason. Wait. Deploy the fleet. There's a bit of kick in the can around with this stuff with Han and, and the Falcon. It's a bit like I said this to you before. It's it. it this is kind of the exciting stuff in contrast to the more subdued, thoughtful stuff on Dagobah. So they kind of, you need the, the bit more, uh, the bells and whistles, fireworks, a bit more extrovert. Whereas the, the Dagobah stuff is introvert. You need that yeah. contrast now. Because if, if it was an hour long of Dagobah, you probably would, with the best intentions, you probably would kind of. Well, you'd go a bit crazy like. A bit stir crazy yeah. like Yoda. He's got a cold in this scene, I think. Has he? Yeah. It sounds a bit nasally. Well, Lando's not well, a system. He's a man. Do you want to hear about Lando? Oh yeah, I love Lando. There we go. <laughs> there you hear this. Um, okay, this is this is just a bit that stuck out to me. The gambler. He's a riverboat gambler type of dude. Um, <laughs> Wait, George Lucas said the word dude. Yeah, yeah. He'd be, he'd be a very <laughs> slick, elegant, 
elegant James Bond type. Uh, and then he compares and puts him more in the Mr. Spock style of thinking. That's strange. An emotional Spock. Huh. Um, he's got some kind of relationship with the Empire. Uh, and then he could look human but not really be human. He's possibly a clone. Oh, yeah. That's that was a, a, a rumor um, going around where when they were remaking, sorry, not remaking, when they were making the sorry to interrupt you, but just a little sidebar. No, no. When they were making the Attack of the Clones, that there was a, I think there was a debate whether to have the clones where they was there a, a little reference to the fact that the Lando was a clone? Will they introduce that in? But they obviously no dispensed with it, yeah. Yes, because it does say uh, if we set him up as a clown, maybe in one of the other episodes, hello, we can give him, we can have him run across a clan of them who are all exactly like him. Ah. That's strange. There are many, we'll assume that on these planets of clowns, there are many countries, say about 700 countries. Um, but then they say something else. Where else did he say? Go on, carry on there while I look. Well, I just think face. I just think it's a shame that Billy D. Williams wasn't in the prequels now. In That's the prequels, all. yeah. Hmm. Oh, he showed up. He he got his paycheck for episode nine. Where is that? Well, it would have been great. Bit of um, bit of mid to late nineties Billy Billy D. Williams. So. Would he've had? He still would have had the swagger off of. Uh, what are you saying? He's a clown. Yeah. In the prequels. If they'd mm. gone that route, yeah. Mm. That would have been mm. great. <clears throat> anyway, it's all in the past now. It's all in the prequel. Where am I? I saw another thing. I have to say the the person who did up Mark Hamill for these scenes did a fantastic job. He just looks he just looks wrecked and he looks sweaty and messy and his clothes are raggy and he just you know he just look like he's and he's he looks well he's he's kind of well built and he's you know he's clearly been in the gym but mm. it, it's not overly done and he, yeah his he just looks he looks great. That's interesting. Mentions about when you are born, you have an energy field around you. You call it an aura. Uh, it's like a halo. Yeah. When you die, your energy field joins all the other energy fields in the universe. That's interesting. That's talk about the force. But he talks about Lando in another scene, sorry, in another way. When the two lads go to the Wookiee planet, Lando is... I can't find it out. But he like he owns a general store and he's selling to the Wookiees. Like a shop. Like a mace, right? Or a Landis. <laughs> Seven Landos, yeah. Seven eleven, yeah. Yeah. Oh there it is. Oh, where is it? No, he's not. I can't find it out. Yeah. I don't know where it's gone. There's so much information. Sorry. 
What's the name of the, the bald-headed chap? Um, <clears throat> it was a uh, it was a Dave writer's block for George. He called him Lobot. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know, but I was only joking. But his name is Lobot. Well, I suppose that's similar to the word robot. Is that what, is he a robot? Yeah, he's a robot. But he's not a robot. Like he's a lobot. He was in uh, Flash Gordon, actually. Was <laughs> he? Yeah. And he has a thing. Instead of having something on his head, he's these things on his eyes. Oh. Flash Gordon. I'm just having something to eat here because it's my birthday. Oh yeah, we'd just like to, on behalf of the listeners, now wish you a very, very happy birthday from everyone here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, great scene of, again, just they're all, they're building they're building layers and layers and layers with all the characters in this film, and you just see Han Solo, the the cocky, arrogant. Uh, smuggler and he's just these scenes he's just not sure you can see the you can see the cracks in the facade mm. I like the way Lando calls Chewie Chewbacca mm. hello what have we here probably probably uh, Lando's greatest line I love the way that scene is lit it's lovely it's surreal just a uh, know. It just really captures kind of the there's kind a, of the sunlight, the evening sun. Yeah, but there's an uneasiness as well. It's all very. No, I didn't. I didn't quite cop that now. Maybe I like that's... it. I always feel there's. I don't know. Maybe because when I was a kid, sunset meant the end of the day or something like that. It kind of felt like there was something malevolent. Yeah, I don't know. Just something that's like interesting. This. Would you Would you like to say more on? Um. No, I think I'll leave it. <laughs> Fascinating. We must pick that up in our next <laughs> session. <laughs> yeah. The triumphant music's great. Dun, dun, I'm just going to say dun, that. Yeah, dun, it's, it's dun, kind dun. of it's like music rather than yeah. music. You know, it's just kind of elevated music. But it's it's it, you're, it's like. It's we're okay. We're in somewhere official, and it's you know everything's all right. But you know it's yeah. Do you want to hear what, what another idea that work that didn't is to have something happen to three PO. He gets completely blown apart, and we put all the pieces in a box and carry them around for a while in the movie, and then we tie it in with Vader. <clears throat> we have Vader take his heart and smash it, or turn it into an alarm an alarm clock or something. Strange. Uh, Should George. not happen in the first half of the movie. And it'd be good if the Wookiee is 3PO's protector. We all like the Wookiee and we all like 3PO and we know they hate each other. So it's nice that the Wookiee cares about him. That's nice. And then at the end of the film, we might have 3PO apologize to R2 and the Wookiee in the end. You're not so bad. Isn't that nice? I like that. I heard an interview. He's a he's a voice actor with um, he does a lot of the cartoons and stuff and he pointed out that the stronger Luke gets in the force the clearer Obi-Wan Kenobi gets oh interesting mm. so he was just a voice in, in the first one 
well, he was <laughs> he was a person first, but then he was mm. a voice. Um, then you must go to Dagobah. He's you know he's very faint. And then, and he's, he's buttering the turn up. He's he's showing up now. Yeah, playing his his round of golf. Not very conscientious. Taking a snake out. Where are you? Yeah, saw that. Very good. Did you see the behind the scenes clip where the snake bites? Oh yeah, yeah. Camel? Where did you put the ladder? Curious about that. Yeah. Because when he takes that, when it moves along here, I don't think you see that. Yeah, ladder's gone. Yeah. It does look like it could fold up. It must slide in somewhere. Look, where? It's gone, yeah. Great, great bit coming up here with, uh, with the lighting's brilliant. And That's it, yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. fair play. Again, that would be great to see that in the, the cinema because it's yeah. one of those moments where just everything goes silent and, and you're aware being that in the boy is our last hope. No, there's another and it just goes, Yoda goes red when that bit for people. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it looks great. And again, it just, it just gives you that little thing and then it moves on. It just goes on, to, right? Uh, let's go to the story. Lovely bit of light in there. Just c colour torches. Can't go wrong. Maybe we're watching slightly different versions now. Maybe that's why mine keeps skipping ahead. Well, there are many versions, were there? I don't know. I'm on oh, the Blu-ray, the giant box set. Well. Well, that's what you, you alluded to it last week. George Lucas shot some scenes mm. at the very end of more shots, really. Yeah, yeah, shots. But they were I I I listened to a podcast about Star Wars since then, and the film had already been released, and then he, he shot those bits, yeah, and then brought it another version. So even after the film was released, he was still tinkering with it and. Tinker. But this 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 new George Lucas who changes everything after it's brought it it's nothing new it's it's been around for years. What's her name? Ugnots. Ugnots, yeah. Good name. Found him in a junk pile. That's more Lando. Sorry. Found him in a junk pile. Is Lando in any um, James Bond or Superman or anything like that? No? I know he's in Batman, but does he show up anywhere else? Mm, Not Lando, sorry. So. Billy D. Williams. I don't think so. <clears throat> I'm not sure now. Yeah. Darth Vader is only interested in Luke's friends as bait. Maybe we can create a situation where they become friends. With Han and Luke and with Han and Leia and Vader all sitting down to dinner together, the evil count having dinner with his enemies. In one scene, the gambler invites them to dinner and they come into the room and there is Vader. 
they're all sitting there. We could have interesting dialogue between Han and his old friend about why you have to do it. There is a great reward, nothing personal. Maybe Vader explains to him that he has no interest in. The movie ends with Luke and Leia looking up at the stars, wondering if they'll ever see Han again. I don't know where he's going with that, but anyway. I love how Chewie, Chewie was on to it before everyone else. Yeah. He knew something. Six sense. He kind of looks behind him. You know, something's not right. Autonomic system. What's that? Ah, I won't get into it, sorry. Look at a little, look at that Terrace Ford look. That's the only scene they're in the, that's his grandfather he's meeting. Well, no, it's his grandfather-in-law, is he? Darth Vader, Han Solo. It's his father-in-law. Future father-in-law. Oh, it is his father-in-law, yeah, Yeah. sorry. (laughs) Oh, great. What a way to meet him. Who's coming to dinner? What's the name of the film? Guess who's coming to dinner, yeah. Who's coming to dinner. Adam going with this guy called uh, coming to Cloud City <laughs> and Solo. He's a bit of a scoundrel. So what are your What are your prospects? Um, uh, get out of here! Beep beep blip blip. That's the subtitles. Where are two? Beep beep blip blip. Oh, they give him subtitles. Absolutely. That's, yeah, this is a great thing. This is one of those. Lucas. This is Chewy. Again, this is. Totally irrelevant, doesn't further the plot or anything. Apart it, from... Uh, it gives you a little bit of dialogue. No, I, I'm not knocking it. Again, it's one of those scenes that... You know the way they all go on nowadays. Oh, we have to cut stuff out. And if it's not serving the story, we cut it out. No, no, no. Yeah. It, it's a lovely little... Uh, I don't know what the word is. There is a word for it. But there's, it's, it's kind of tender because you see Chewie... Hmm. He's, he's putting together... I wouldn't say his friend, but somebody he's on the same side as. But also, you get to see Chewie's technical side, and that he's actually very yeah. mechanical. But, but it's looking at it from effect. his POV, mm-hmm. and that, that's that's interesting. It's mm-hmm. a different perspective. But I also wonder was this because the next scene after the uh, the what am I trying to say? I wonder was this cutting to this scene because the next scene is Han coming in or Leia coming in. Then, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. I would be. But I don't know whether it was written that way or it was written as... No, 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 it's not. Yeah. Like, that scene with Chewie could have been originally after Han getting getting tortured, you know? Anyway. And I never yes. understood yeah. this. Go on, explain why he's torturing him. He's torturing him... To make it look like he's wants information from him or something like that. I don't actually know. I thought you knew this. No, you know it. <laughs> you know more than me. I thought you knew it. I thought I learned it from you. Because he wants to send, as far as I'm concerned, I thought he wanted to send a signal to, to Luke. To Luke that his friends are in oh. pain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's Luke. I mean, this is the first time there's time travel in Star Wars, but Luke managed to see into the future when he's on Dagobah and he senses Han's pain. Yeah. <clears throat> I never knew that, though. I don't know where I found it. I thought I found it from you, but it's very clever. It is clever, but uh, it's... <clears throat> but it's not explained either, and I like that. It's not explained, but 
solo does say here they never even ask me any questions. Yeah. And it does, though? yeah, and it's great because you kind of go, well, what the hell's going on? Then? What do they? No, no, but you can also want? just the default is, oh, well, yeah. they're absolute, you know what? Oh, yeah, it's so the they, empire. They just yeah. torture you. But actually, it's not. They are doing it for a reason. Mm. No, I'm wrong, actually. Yeah, yeah. So this is envisioned as two separate scenes, this prison scene. Look at it. This is a horrible thing, that line. Oh, that looks so hard and cold. And even the back of his head. You know when you rest your head back on something concrete or marble, it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. <clears throat> There's no relief. Oh, it's horrible looking. Just horrible. Just this big slab coming out of the wall. Could they not have made some effort? It's all one. Well, it's not all one shot, but it's well done. It is well done. And I like the guard. I always like the guards. They they look like security men as opposed to. Mm. They're soldiers. holding. They're holding back. Yeah. Uh, Skywalker. First punch in Star Wars. Yeah, because Han Solo doesn't punch people, doesn't he? No. He, um, <clears throat> that's more of an Indiana Jones thing. That's right, yeah. But he hadn't done it by this stage, so. I actually got this many, many years ago. I got the script books of this. And it is interesting if you read it. I should have brought it down, but um, there's only like about 16 pieces of dialogue. There's about eight exchanges in each scene, roughly now. But it's just interesting how very to the point it is. Oh, they, you know? they rattle it along. Yeah, and it's real. Yeah, it's just good. Hmm. I had the VHS. Well, obviously the VHS of all of them, but I remember the VHS. Um, it had on the back cover, you know, just obviously telling you about the film. Mm. And um, but it was done with retrospect. It wasn't like join Luke Skywalker. It wasn't done like that. It was like the Empire Strikes Back was the follow up to blah blah. It's this kind of little little blurb, and it it really built it up. And then blah blah blah. Han Solo was captured by Darth Vader, blah, blah, blah. and it says um, directed by Irvin Kershner, produced by George Lucas, written by blah. blah. Mm. <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back has been hailed as one of the greatest motion pictures ever made. Wow. Now, if that doesn't make you want to watch the film, not the greatest... Nobody says that anymore. Not the Somebody greatest film. Really. Yeah. Not the greatest film ever made. The greatest motion picture. And it, that just gives you a sense of the, the kind of timelessness to it and the, the kind of the history behind it and the, the, you know, everything, all the, the music and the characters just plays into that idea, a motion mm. picture. And it does have that. It has that operatic kind of thing where it's just everything. Everything's so big and everything's so important. It's not a film. It's a motion picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what you want. It sounds, I love that. I always love that yeah. term. Chewie here is brilliant when he's, uh, when Han is going down. And back away. That's a good little character moment. Which bit? Her backing away from Vader. 
again it's very sensitive it's very tuned mm. to what's going on again it's it's i won't say it's irrelevant but it's just uh they're stopping to think they didn't have to have it of course the fav- famous scene we kind of skipped over there is the uh i love you i know which is um which is fantastic because it's han solo stayed han solo until the end he no, but I never thought that. I, I never thought he was doing it out of... Well, I, I, I liked the, the fact that... Sorry, go on. I, I always thought that she's been playing hard. And I mean, I don't know if this doesn't come out wrong, but she's been kind of playing hard to get the whole picture and she hasn't been reciprocating his affection, obvious affection for her. And finally she says it to him and and it's... She's saying it obviously because you know she thinks she's gonna die, but it's also her kind of saying, "Look, I actually, I do love you," and and it's him kind of saying, "You know, I I, I know, I do know that." Yeah. The way I look at it, I don't just think of it as everybody says it's a great laugh line. I don't. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't say it's a great laugh line, but I do think it's it it, it kind of serves the character. I love you, I know, because there is a cool coolness to it, like it's Han Solo. And he's always mm. he's always kind of like he's seat of his pants kind of guy, but underneath it all, or no, I think I cool think it's more I and, think it's more sensitive. I think it shows more sensitive side to myself. Okay, or more vulnerable. Well, let's say about Boba Fett. Am I talking oh. over you here? Will I? No, Boba Fett, please. The earliest version of the mercenary was Prince Valorum, a Black Knight of the Sith who had appeared in Lucas's <laughs> rough draft for Star Wars. Right. Um, not really much more. Sorry, <laughs> that's it. That's all you need to know. Great little look. Here. Great little lobot. That's all you need to know. Now, jump around. The i the idea had also been prioritised to satisfy the needs of Black Falcon and Kenner. I don't know what that is. Kenner, the toy company. Uh, when I'm supposed to be writing, I end up making up names. I have a couple of little books that are lists of names. Whenever I think of a name, whenever I'm in the shower, I'm with friends or see a sign, I write it down in my little book. So when I have a new character, sometimes I'll go down the list and pick a name out that seems to fit that particular character. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Whenever he's in the shower with friends, that's what I took from that. Yeah, well, there's commas there. Sorry, it's for time, time purposes. Of course, Boba Fett's actor, your friend, um, Jeremy Bullock, Makes Jeremy, uh, would you like to buy an autograph and, like, and everything else? Yeah, but look, he makes an appearance here. He does. I love the bit of piano music here, the lone piano music. Just when the um, the gunfight breaks out. I love the triumphant music though. Just, just as it's. Because he thinks that oh, is there is there a rescue going to happen? Is he going to rescue them? But then it, mm-hmm. but then he doesn't. Beep blip, blip blip. That's what R two says. When's this piano music? It's just before when she gets um, this bit where she said, "Look, it's a trap. I can't hear it now." So it's when the big gun battle breaks out here. That's it there. Just when he's running towards them. Okay. It's just a little bit. Nice one using her as a human shield. Come on. 
Jeremy. You're listening to tracks, by the way, everybody. If if um if you're tuning in on 93.9 Dublin South FM on Wednesday, the 27th of May, the day after Noel Simpson's birthday. Yeah. Well, every day is kind of a birthday, you could say. But um, some of you might be listening on Sidetracks, our podcast, which is available wherever you get your free stuff. And if you want to email the show, tracks939 at gmail.com. We love to get emails. We don't always respond to them, but we love reading them. Here we go. Give us a line of dialogue, Noel, where are you? I'm just putting the gun in his holster now. Okay. Just putting it in now, the lights have come on. Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. What I always liked about this lightsaber duel was the lack of dialogue between them. Mm. The other two, the, the one in New Hope and the one in um, Jedi, that wasn't about the lightsaber. That wasn't about the the sabers hitting each other. That was about the psychological thing. Whereas this, I know there's a psychological thing going on behind it, but this actually just feels like two guys going at it and it's, there's no, no need for this to talk. Irvin Kirshner talking about it. And it isn't just a choreographing of what he's talking about. Mm. It is all character driven and Luke is trying to prove himself. Oh, it is. And Vader's holding back and all this. Vader doesn't want to hurt him and all this kind of stuff. But uh, because there's no, when you're, when I, when you're a, young, a young boy watching it, there's no, now you must feel, that, there's none of that in between. Mm. So it's just them having a duel. So it just feels a bit more kind of, uh, I don't know, it feels a bit more uh, pure, I suppose. Billy D does a good choking acting. Yeah, it's so painful actually. Yeah. <laughs> actually, you feel a bit kind of <clears throat> after the scene, you're kind of like, oh God. Mm. He really gets into it. He's controlling his wrists now. You see the way he's got his hands? Yes. <laughs> he's making sure Peter's not. Peter doesn't overact it. Well, listen, just saw what you did to my friend Harry. Oh, just wondering, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, poor old Peter. Ah, uh, good old Peter. Blip, blip, blip. There's lots of little almosts in this film, like the almost rescue man. You know, there's all these little, mm. little little mini failures. It's great. It's a great cut to her here as she watches the ship gone away. Yeah. She's heartbroken. Chewy absolutely nails one of them with w- one shot. I'm going to land on the background putting his hands in his hips. I know, yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. 
the head drops. I love this cut with R2 spinning around and it just cuts the light. So yeah, it, it it's jarring, but in a good way. There's R2. R2 nearly went in there with Luke a few minutes ago. You know, he nearly went into the chamber with Luke. I know. Only the, the thing stopped him. Dodged a bullet there. Mm, that would have been interesting. R2 hanging around the back. Yeah. The tr- this scene. Two on one. Yeah, I think Darth Vader would have probably just crushed him with one hand. All too easy. Now watch out for his head jumping up here. Yeah, I dispute you. I, go on. I think I'm going to disagree with you, but go on. He's hanging up in the sky. He's jumped down now. Yeah. Lovely bit of grabbing it. Oh, lovely bit of ribbon. Great bit of editing. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about a scene later. Um, it's when he, after he knocks Vader off the thing. Here, yeah? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sound he makes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Little when Luke jumps down, his head appears back up. and Yeah, because he's on a trampoline. Yeah. yeah, but is he on a trampoline or is he just, does he land with his knees bent and then just stand back up? Mm, well, that's not the the folklore is. Yeah, the folklore is the trampoline. Um, I love this set. Lovely set. Mm. I'm just talking about this now. The circular chamber. Oh, lovely lighting. Probably four thousand Kelvin. That's the color temperature, I'd say. Now, and here's the thing, we jig. This is a terrifying. Uh, they saying. Sorry, will I talk over this? Yes, please. Um, ben is telling Luke about his battle with Vader and it appeared to be a sword fight but it was a battle of our wills that was really going in, going on in the beyond and Lucas wanted to make this one like a battle with lightning or electrical bolts and throwing things around the room an exorcist kind of battle where you can bring all kinds of supernatural powers to bear right. we'll have Ben say Vader couldn't use his supernatural powers against me because I was too strong he had to rely on brute force, which wasn't of any value because I was too advanced for that. I'm a level six. So everything he did to me was useless. And uh, I says, in the fight, Vader's using the dark side of the force and he's really tricking Luke. It limits Luke's ability to throw things around or use lightning bolts. If he wants to be aggressive, he has to use the dark side. Uh, but he'll finally get mad enough to where he starts to pick things up and throw them at Vader, which gives him the upper hand. But even as Luke gets the upper hand, Vader knows that he's winning because he's getting Luke to use the dark side of the force. Oh, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. You don't. <clears throat> Maybe it's set in the core of the city where a shaft goes all the way down to the reactor at the bottom. Maybe we can set up some kind of vacuum tube. We'll have Luke swing himself into the vacuum tube, which has a sucking sound. We'll have George, a shot of him. George Lucas just come up with all this stuff off the top of his head. Yeah, this is all from 1970. <laughs> this is starts, November the 28th. He just starts December talking. And he just... 1977. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars had opened in England at this time. And there was George knocking out the script. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. They must have recorded it. There must be tapes of this. That would be just pure gold. 
did you see there's a man running through the city with a kind of a white I sound there, yeah. thing in his arm and there's a, there was always a joke with Star Wars fans like what was he carrying or what was that what was so important that he's evacuating the city he has to grab that and they did a nice little retcon in The Mandalorian where it's, oh, like um, you're telling me this <clears throat> yeah in episode one or two somebody has something very important so it's like a safe Mm. Somebody's important. Something important in it. Great scene here. Oh, the music and all. Mm. And three pios. That's fantastic. Probably a bit of tear gas. Just a fellow with a fire extinguisher standing off camera. It's a nice, a nice little victory after all the failures. The last. You think they? Do you think he'd have landed the Falcon in reverse? You know the way you're always told when you're, you always back in to a spot. Yeah. You can drive. So he has to pick up. He has to fly up and turn around. Yes, right. Yeah. Not, not, not thinking ahead. Although the where's the entrance? So where? How do you get into the Falcon? Is that at the Very good. Nice, nice chest move there. Well done. Brilliant bit here coming up. Vader jumps out at him. Boom, boom. And here we go. Yeah. And he really, he really reaches in. He's really like going for those, um, those blows, isn't he? He's just coming in now. Go ahead of me, obviously. Right? Well, not that far ahead, but he really, he's really pounding on on Luke's frightening, yeah, saber, yeah. But he's trying to make him angry. You see, that was in George's original transcript. Mm. Dated November twenty eighth, nineteen seventy seven. He got a nice blow on his the, the elbow here, not the shoulder. Yeah. What does he say though? And look at your. Oh, it sounds uh, like oh, oh, God. God. <laughs> that was like all too hard. I don't know what that means. All too easy, isn't it? I said it yet. I have the subtitle. Here we go. Why does not say it? He just goes, oh, he's just like, it's yeah. like a battle cry, isn't it? I thought he said something, though. No. I always took it as just a, like a, he's, he's going in for the blow, so he just lets out a, a scream, kind of thing. I can't remember this, seeing this in the cinema, this bit. You would think it would be, Seared, yeah. Conscience. You probably would have to get a Coke, Cola, or something like that. No, I don't think my parents would have been so irresponsible to let a five-year-old into the fire on his own. It's the the big reveal. Have you had the big reveal yet? No. He's just sliding around, Mark. Tell me when you have the big reveal. Do the line. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. And even slant the eye in the subtitle in italic. Brilliant. No, no, that's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings, you know it be true. Very Shakespearean. Yes. Luke, you can destroy the emperor. He has foreseen it. 
your destiny. It's so grand, isn't it? It's so important. Mm-hmm. It's not about just beating the bad guy. This is a you know, this is more than that. This is life and death. And they change a line. If the, the version I have, I'm sure the the bit the original line is when Vader's leaving Cloud City, he says, bring me my ship. And he mm. sounds really annoyed and it's just perfect. He's just, he's, he had, his job was to go get Luke and he didn't get him and he's pissed off. I love this shot here. Sorry, Ian. I don't know what it is where he's in the tube. He comes to the stop. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I always remember this as a kid watching, even on video. Always on VHS. I don't know why. I just have a bit of music. Yeah. That's an odd shot. It's the way he lands on the aerial. It's fine, but it's just odd. It's so close. It's it's a, the setup of the scene's crazy because they actually like leave him dangling. <laughs> dangling How is he gonna get out of this? You're actually going like if, if a little kid watching this, this is the end. How is he gonna get out? This is horrible as well, the way he grabs that. What's he hanging on to? It doesn't and he's only got one arm. Yeah. Oh, and that spiky thing, you won't want that sticking him in there. No, that, that'd be so. But I always used to think, look, oh, that might poke him in the eye. That's, it's sore when you, you, you fall on your, do you ever fall on like a, you ever try and hop a fence down the country? You kind of land on your thighs. It's, it's sore. I'm not sure this is comparable now to hanging off the underneath of a cloud city now. I oh, just mean when he falls yeah. down, he bangs his legs. It's not going to be. Yeah. It's not going to be. Hopping over either. a fence, land on your thigh. Okay. Right, what right. Do and you remember what I said about this? What? Leia just flies off in the first place. Doesn't even think about Luke. <laughs> Didn't I say this to you? Yeah. Now, now she suddenly goes, oh, yeah, Luke, let's go back for him. Doesn't care. <clears throat> Here's where it goes, off rails. All oh, these added bits, terrible. Yeah, just it doesn't, doesn't need it. No, there's Falcon skulking back like a scalded cat. Who? There's the Falcon going back like a scalded cat. <laughs> yeah. Great, just the falcon pulling, pulling in because the falcon always had that kind of. Everything's going to be okay if you're on the falcon, you know. Let's mm. get to the falcon. So when the falcon arrives, you know, okay, well, at least there's some sort of respite here. Nice shot here. Nice little cheat. They don't show him falling in or anything. Could have broke his neck as he fell on top of the falcon, but we don't want to know about that. Just <laughs> no, we don't want to get into those technicalities. It's a nice blanket. There's, there's um, 
the screenwriter, you know, Robert McKee. Have you ever heard of him? He's a screenwriter yeah. guru. One of his tips is if you have a problem in your script and it's like you know, a little glitch and you can't, you don't know how to address it, he says just ignore it. Mm. You know, a lot of the time the audience won't notice. So there you go. That's a perfect example of uh, just people, just people doing podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Give them, give them something to work on. I expect the Star Destroyer to be ready. I mean, if you were, did you have people fix the hyperdrive, Lando? It's about time you stepped up. Star Destroyer. George loves this bit. Which bit? This bit where we're Chewie and Leia look at Lando after the, the oh, oh really, yeah. He loves it. Why? He likes he calls it I think he calls it esoteric. Would that be the correct word? It's not in the book here now, but I remember him saying, I don't know where he said it. Hmm. Well, it's a great little moment. This film is mm. full of them, but it's, it's important. Chewie's like the grand old man. He's just there. I always love the way when Chewie's gone over to, to, to he pulls the, 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 the gate off to jump down into the part to fix the hyperdrive. His, his bag, mm. his bag kind of comes loose. He falls That's off. That's right. Yeah. He's out he's there trying to get it back up on his shoulder. He's got his priorities right. Yeah. Yeah. Come with me, son. I like the screen wipes there. They're nice. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's a nice little crossfade. Yeah. It's a sore looking thing on the wall beside Luke there. You wouldn't want to bang his head when he's turned to the left. Bring your head off. <laughs> oh, did you get hurt in the battle? No, it's not a bloody thing you have on the wall there. You, s- the you stumble onto the bed because, you know, after a, after a shootout, you just whack your head yeah. off that thing. Or a night out. Yeah, say Harrison or Han Solo. Destiny. Again, Luke looks, well, he has been through the ringer, but he actually looks like he's been through the ringer. Yeah. Well, he always said it was one of the toughest movies he made. Spend whatever, three months in Dagobah working with puppets and, and all sorts. Seems quite mentally challenging. Yeah. Again, great. The, the team isn't. Um, you have C3PO focused on himself, which is always nice. Mm. You know, not everyone's on the same page, which I like. Lovely, Spain, yeah. So mm. if, uh, have they jumped to light, light speed now, or are they still? Yeah. Okay, just, just spun around now. Darth is walking up to his middle aisle. Yeah, he's raging. I wonder what supermarket's going open. 
That annoys me a bit. That the hem of his his cloak. Yeah, it was kind of like a like a little kind of long, and you can see that. It look, I don't know whether that's a silvery hem at the end or it's, it's just a lining dirt on it. Thing. Yeah, no, I think it's the lining of it. That always bothered me as well. Looks very dusty. Mm. So we're back at the Rebel Fleet now. Finally, the whole film was just a sidebar, really, trying to get to the Rebel Fleet. It's a bit of a depressing movie, but like I don't mean it. Yeah, just like particularly watching it back then. I mean, we used to get it on video every few days. Probably mum mad, and I I remember myself and my brother and my mum during the summer holidays. Mum said, "Well, what do you just want to do today?" And we're like, well, "Can we go see Empire again?" Yeah, yeah all right. Bring us to drive there. Brilliant. Two bits. Pay your two bits into the cinema and yeah. get your. Bag of licorice, and in you go. Oh, she no, she didn't like the old sweets, but she was good. But yeah, but that that was the thing, like, because you obviously, I've said this before, we've spoken about. It, you're waiting three years for the next one. You have no idea. Yeah, you're you're completely just left. Left with this, totally sunk. You know, you're just like, oh my god, and even they would have the Star Wars comics. And it would reflect the movies in that Han Solo wouldn't be in them, you know? Yeah. It would be set between Empire and Return. And um, just kind of, yeah, it was a, it's just a, you, you could feel the loss, you know? Mm. I know, definitely. There's no harm feeling that when you're a kid, you know? It's a good experience in a way. Well, I always think these films, they, they, they do teach, teach us so much about what kids, is, hmm. you know, just about bravery and friendship and, you know, all these different important things to learn. And yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. Directed by Irvin Kirshner. Kirsch. Kirsch. My movie. Did you ever see him talking about it? He's like, well, I met George and we were discussing my movie. I don't think George would be too happy about that. Don't think so. No. You have to line them up. Anyway, this was Tracks uh, on 93.9 Dublin South FM. We've probably been cut off by now. I'll have to do a little edit. You know, it typed up the script. Will I tell you? What script? Uh, I, I, he typed up the, the draft. When George wrote the draft out by hand, the name of the person who typed it up, Bunny Alsop. That's a great name. Oh, no intern, was it? Bunny Alsop. I'm not sure. Imagine, was, imagine that been handed... Here, pipe that up, will you? Bunny, yeah. I'm going to lunch. Bunny, bunny. Bunny sitting there going, oh, God. I just want to go out tonight. Don't want to be typing up this rubbish. I, I recommend you, you do get this book on. I, think it's going to I, do, I have to get it. I've got, this, I've got Return of the Jedi. It's a bit of a rarity now, though, so you could be... It's a bit rowdy. Be, uh, might have to remortgage the house. You know... Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Detach the windows so I can actually get it into the house. Yeah, sell a window. Yeah, mm. great stuff. Okay, well, we we wrap it up there. We don't need to do the credits, do we? Yeah, we'll do the credits. Okay. Where are you, Rebel Forces? Uh... Well, it, there was a performing. Major Derlin. That was John Ratzenberger. 
Other officers, Norman Chancer. There's a name. Ah, you're a Chancer, Chancer. I love some of the names, particularly American names. You come up with some great American names. Yeah, Red Lawrence. He'll be coming up in a second. Who's he? He was the head rigger. I see him. There he is. But I love it. These guys working on this. Oh, there's Bunny. Halsop, look. Assistant to producer. I'm, I'm behind you now. Oh, well, you see, assistant to producer Bunny Halsop. I don't believe it. I can't say it now. No, I'm going to. Oh, oh that's my light. Yeah, you're way ahead of me. I'm going to go forward a bit. Oh, don't you miss it. <clears throat> but Bunny Halsop exists. I'm on location second unit now. I don't know where you are. Peter MacDonald, he's been around. He did, did the... He directed the the action scenes for Batman. He also directed the uh, Rambo three. Oh, McDonald's, yeah. He's one of those good old fashioned. Shows up, does his job. Ah, oh, he's a bit of a camp, uh, Martin Campbell. Yeah, Martin Campbell would have been going for a turn in the Jedi. He would have made a great turn. <laughs> he would have. He would have been. He just. He would have been perfect. <laughs> yep. Just no, no, no messing around. Yeah. No monkey business. Just what are we doing? Put the camera there. <laughs> Two shot, three shot. Block it. Let's go home. Yeah. Oh, this the, the special edition has to get its own credits, doesn't it? Producer Rick McCallum. Stop taking credit. I'm down a bit from you. Especially, I'm on the special edition now. Did you see Bunny? Oh, I did see Bunny, yeah. He's retired now, isn't he? What were you saying about the sound design? There was a few parts in it. I don't know whether you mentioned that. In our in our pre-text, pre-show text. Pre-show pre uh, meeting? Yeah. Oh, no, it was just some of the cues, like just like the, the Empire's team shoot, or the, yeah, the Empire's uh, Imperial March, sorry, and stuff mm. like that. It's important to hear the movie as well, if, if you know what I mean. But yeah, what a movie. What a motion picture. What a motion. I have them on video, actually. I was, I was going to break out the, the VHS. But... Yeah. I have them on video at home in my mom's house. <clears throat> Get them out of there, yeah. I bought the closed caption ones. Because we didn't want the two big black things on, the, on each top of the screens, because we didn't have a widescreen TV. Closed caption. What do you mean, the letterbox? No, there. That's the let the let the other one, the one that was kind of scrunched up. All oh, right. No, that's Cause, cool. Because all our TVs were scrunched up, but you miss out on loads of loads of stuff on the side. It's the pan and scan. Yeah, I think mm. so. Yeah, you miss out on so much. But anyway, we leave it so there. Then. No, no, nearly there. THX. Oh, oh, okay. Oh yeah, that's I, it. I've, I'm finished. I've gone out to I've gone out to the car park. You're still in watching the credits. I'm still I'm finished now. I thought it was quick at the end of it. It was actually it yeah. a bit longer. What's going hmm. on here? But um, yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Um, I suppose thanks to everyone for listening in and um. We'll be back next week with more tracks. And Will we? 
on Dublin South FM. <laughs> and then more sidetracks on the don't podcast machine. Don't let up, do you? Never. You're like Lucas. You don't let up. You want to keep the monster fed. That's it. It's like a little empire. Yeah. You're running. I like it. Anyway, I, I'm fit oh, to... It's been a pleasure. He's done. It's been a pleasure as always. We'll see you next week for the... Um, we'll do a regular show. We won't do any of this commentary stuff. We don't need to do that. Yeah, we might do a commentary on this show. Do clear our commentary and listen back and do a commentary. Yeah. yeah that'd be good. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com um, Tracks Show. You'll find us uh, Tracks939 at gmail.com and um, no, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Owen. Look after yourself. All right. Enjoy that. Thank you. And take care, everyone. Take care.